0: Good morning to each of you, good morning to each of you on this another Lord's day and another important day in the life of our world in which we uh, thank God for, for mothers. I know this, uh, the older we get, it becomes a more difficult uh, day in which we choose to celebrate, but yet uh, in spite of our pain, uh, God is still, he's still good. And you ought to be able to testify that he's been good uh, to me. So whether your mother is still residing on this side of heaven, or if she's in heaven, you ought to be able to thank God for her life, thank God for her living, and thank God for her legacy. So to all of the moms who are still here, God bless you. We appreciate you. We love you. We say to you, happy, happy Mother's Day. Amen and amen. If I had a rose, I'd give it to you right now because you are so, so deserving. Well, at least our time get away from us here. Let me uh, begin by, with a word of prayer, and then I want to uh, call your attention to Matthew chapter number 15, while you're getting your Bibles, getting your uh, electronic Bibles out, Turn with me to Matthew uh, chapter number 15, and uh, I will be focusing this morning on verses number 21 through 27. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for another privilege to be able to come before your presence. Our hearts are rejoicing, and we have to declare that you have been good to us. From the moment that we slipped from our mother's womb, we can testify, God, that you've been good to us. And we thank you so much for that. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your perpetual care that you have displayed down through the years. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for all that you have done. Now, Father, as we open up the pages of your book, we ask one more time that you would speak to our hearts so that we may behold the marvelous truths that are written in your law. And Father, we'll be careful to give your name the praise. We say on this day, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto your name we give mercy. But well, we, we praise you for your mercy and truth's sake. It is in the mighty name of Jesus that we do pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Amen, amen. Matthew chapter number 15 is a very unique passage. And so I want to, for your hearing, lift up two verses as we gain some insight from this text. I want to begin at verse number 22 where we discover that there is a Gentile woman who lived there who came to him, that is Jesus, came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Did you get that? The book says in verse 22 that a Gentile woman, one translation says she was a Canaanite who lived there, came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. Skip down to verse 25. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, (laughs) Lord, help. Me. I want to put a tag on this text this morning and, and on this Mother's Day, I want to uh, share with you lessons from a mother. Yeah. Amen. Lessons from a mother. Would you just uh, type that in right there, or whether you're on YouTube or Facebook or uh, on the church's um, uh, social media wel- uh, website, just go ahead and type in lessons from a mother. Amen, amen, and amen. Lord help us today. When I was in school, one of my writing assignments was to write about the person that I most admired. And as I was collecting my thoughts about who this person would be, uh, my list uh, grew moment by moment. I had on the list names of prestigious athletic figures. On my list uh, were lawyers that I admired on my list were scientists that I appreciated. And on my list was uh, notable figures down through the years. However, my brothers and sisters, there was one name that leaked off the page to me. And it said that really the person that you most admire is the one that brought you into the world. So I picked up P and wrote a paper about the one that I most admired. All right. No, I did not write uh, about a sports figure. No, I did not write about some distinguished uh, person. Uh, I wrote about my mom because uh, the one that I most admired was the one that brought me into the world. Are y'all listening to me? Because uh, I wrote about her because there were Uh, invaluable life lessons that I gleaned uh, as I was a little boy and sat on her lap. I remember that she taught me lessons about how to express gratitude. She would say, son, look, when somebody has done something uh, kind to you and nice for you, she she would tell me, she would say, son, the least you can do (laughs) is to say thank you. If your mom, mom, if you're looking and watching this broadcast right now, thank you for that lesson about expressing gratitude. Because she said that when somebody has done something for you that they didn't have to do, she said you ought at least say thank you. Not only did I learn how to express gratitude, I learned that education was worth pursuing. She said if you're going to be in school, you better do your best. You better put your work in. And and there was rewards and incentives that were applied to how we would pursue that education. Thank you, Mom, for making education a valuable asset, amen, amen in my life. But then there was another uh, lesson that I learned, and the lesson that I learned from her was. That uh, no matter where you are and no matter what you do, no matter what you encounter or face in life, you ought to always make it a priority to seek God. She said you ought to seek God. I know that she taught me that because every day of my life, my God, she took me to church. (laughs) I said every day. Whatever was going on in the church house, I was there. I was I was right there. I was right there uh, at that little white church in, in Synergast, just outside the Synergast at the Royal Terrace Missionary Baptist Church. I was there for prayer meeting. I was there for Bible study. I was there for choir rehearsal. I was there for uh, vacation Bible school. I was there for Sunday school. Whatever it was, <laughs> she took me to church. But she didn't just simply take me to church. She taught me to make it a priority to seek God. And my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that there is nothing more valuable. There is nothing more significant. There is no greater lesson than the lesson to be able to seek God. You ought to seek him because one day you sure enough going to need him. (laughs) I wish I had a witness here. Well I said one day you're gonna need him and you ought to at least know where his address is. Well my brothers and sisters in our text this morning we uh, encountered, we uh, are, are given uh an, a, a eye, a bird's eye view of a woman who uh, uh, we are able to learn some lessons about life. She teaches us some lessons, some valuable lessons about what you and I uh, can do when when life uh, has thrown its best at you. And the, the first lesson that this woman in our text teaches us is that we ought to, here it is, be able to bring our problems to Jesus. Uh, we don't know. I said bring our problems to Jesus. You, you, the, the, the lesson that this lady, that this woman teaches us is, if you have a problem, <laughs> bring it to Jesus. My brothers and sisters, we don't know much about this woman. The text does not name her. The text does not tell us if she is a widow or if she is uh, still uh, married. The text does not tell us who she is. All we know is is where she originates from. Matthew the writer uh, identifies this woman as a gentile. She is, she is in a very real sense, a Canaanite. She is a an enemy of Israel. You need to understand that the Israelites and the Canaanites were not on friendly terms throughout their history. They have been in turmoil and in opposition to one another and here's a woman who uh understood that she had a problem that was bigger than the opposition <laughs> oh my god and and what she did was she 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 came and brought her problem to jesus matthew wants us to understand uh wants his jewish audience to understand that this woman is an an outsider She's an outsider. Let me let me just pause here parenthetically and just ask you, have you ever felt like an outsider? Yeah. Oh, come on, talk back to me. I say, let me ask you, uh, have you ever felt like you didn't belong? Have you ever felt unwelcome? Have you ever felt unwelcome because of the color of your skin? Have you ever felt unwelcome because of your culture? Have you ever felt unwelcome because you look different, you sound different, or you act different? Mm, this woman... Uh, felt like an outsider And, and you and I ought to know what it feels like to be uh, an outsider. Somebody ought to be able to testify that you know you're an outsider when you can't even jog in the neighborhood without losing your life. I, I didn't mean to go there, but I just have to throw it out there. You and I know what it means like to ride your bicycle in your very own neighborhood and to be pulled over by the police. You're you not understanding what I'm saying. Sometimes, regardless of what we look like or where we have, how much education we have, we can still feel like an outsider. Mm, And in our text, Uh, this woman uh, knows what it means to feel like an outsider. Matthew says that she is a Gentile. Not only is she a Gentile, she's a Canaanite. And not only is she a Canaanite, but she's got a problem mm -hmm, that's bigger than herself. She's got a problem that Dr. Oz can't fix. She got a problem uh, uh, that, that, that that some TV doctor can't fix. She got a, uh, a problem that Dr. Phil can't can't, can't handle. She, she's got a problem that Dr. Ben Carson can't even address. She, she's got a problem. And she does uh uh-huh, the best thing that she knows how. She she brings her problem to Jesus. Now the text tells us that her problem is that she's got a daughter who is (laughs) demon-possessed. Oh my goodness. I say she's got a problem that that, that her daughter is demon-possessed. I want you to understand this, that her daughter is not the problem. Her problem is what possesses her daughter. Her daughter has got something that Got a stronghold, a foothold in her life. Her daughter uh, has got, ah, uh, ah, uh, she is being tormented from the inside. And it is expressing itself on the outside. Her daughter is being controlled by a supernatural being. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the writer says it's, it's a demon. She's being controlled by a force greater than what she is possessed by. Ah, oh, the demon possesses her daughter. And, and, and I don't know who I'm talking to, but 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 that sometimes there are some of us who enter into the church setting uh who are possessed by other stuff and, and, and whatever your issue is, whatever is seeking to possess you, the text. This this woman, this, this mother, if you will, is teaching us that whatever your problem, whatever your concern, whatever your issue is, there is no one, there is no problem greater than our God. Yeah, yeah. He said, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. Bring it to him. Bring it. Bring it to him. Somebody holler. Bring it to him. You, whatever it is, you ought to bring it to him. Bring that husband to Jesus. Bring that daughter to to Jesus. Bring that son to Jesus. Bring those financial concerns. Bring that relationship. Whatever it is that wants to control you, he says. She says, "I've learned that I can take it to the Master." Have you Have you ever felt unwelcome? Have you ever felt like you, you you're trying to get your problem? Uh, to to Jesus, and folk are trying to block you and stop you. That's what happens in the text. The text says that she is crying out to the Lord, uh, have mercy on me. I'm trying to tell you, when you got a problem, the best words that you can ever say is, Lord, have mercy. And she cries out, I know that I'm a Gentile. I know that I'm an enemy of Israel. I know that outside above but I know that you are greater than uh, every enemy you are greater than any situation so I'm crying out Lord have mercy Mercy. and she cries out Lord have mercy and the text tells us that the disciples got annoyed by it it. 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 and they went to Jesus and said Jesus won't you just send this woman away she is annoying us y'all not hearing what I'm saying The disciples said that this woman is annoying me. Now, wait a minute. She never addressed her problem to the disciples. (laughs) She took her problem to Jesus, but it was the, the disciples who didn't have the capacity to handle it. And they said, "Jesus, you got to get rid of this woman. She's getting on our nerves. Why don't you just send her away? She's an outsider anyway. She don't deserve none of your blessings. She don't deserve whatever is her concern is. She don't deserve that. Matter, matter matter of fact, just send her away. You know, what I discovered that the disciples mm-hmm, have a history of sending people away. Oh, don't t- no, come on and talk back to me. You know, do you remember?" Uh, Jesus has been preaching and he's he's surrounded by multitudes of people and he knows that it's getting late in the evening and he looks out and the Bible says that he has compassion on the people. Y'all not hear what I'm saying. And he says to them that they look like sheep without a shepherd. And he says, uh, oh, it's getting late in the evening. Disciples, why don't you give them something to eat? The book says, the disciples said, look here, man, uh, uh, G, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, I'm paraphrasing. He said, look here, uh, uh, we ain't got enough groceries to feed all these people. In fact, we don't even have enough money to feed all these people. And Jesus said, give them something to eat. Hey, and uh, he said, what do you have? And they surveyed the crowd. The Bible tells us that they found a little boy with just a few fish and five loaves of bread. And the Bible tells us that he, uh, uh, he took the bread. Oh, my God. He took it and he blessed it and he broke it. And, and the Bible says that he fed a multitude, 5,000 men, including women and children, with the little bit that they had. But the disciples' initial response was to send them away. Do you know I've discovered that there are church people that come into the church doors uh, week in and week out, and they encounter folk who want to send them away? Uh, But this woman teaches us that no matter what your issue is, no matter what your concern is, no matter if you feel welcome or unwelcome, he says that uh, you ought to bring your problem to the Lord. Can I get a witness here? Can you do that? Can you can you just whatever it is, just bring your problem to him. You see, we only bring our concern to him when we know he can fix it. I said when we know he can fix it. You got to listen to her language. She says, "Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David." In other words, she recognized even though she was an outsider, she'd been in the book. <laughs> Even though she was an enemy, she was in the book. You better be careful about who you think know the book. Just because you carry a Bible does not mean the Bible is in you. And here it is. Oh, my God. Here is a woman who is an outsider, but yet she knows more about Jesus than the disciples. And uh, she says, have mercy on me, oh, Lord, son of David. She said, "I, I, I went and checked your resume. And uh, and I know your pedigree. I know where you come from. I know what has been prophesied concerning you. I've seen, I've I've got the report. I've seen your resume about what you're able to do. I heard about what you did with that man who was living out in the tombs. She said, I I heard about uh, how how, how you got him, and uh, uh, now he's in his right mind. He was once possessed by a legion of demons, and now here it is. He's in his right mind. She said, I heard that. And only the Messiah, only the son of David, only the the, the the chosen one, the one who is to come, the anointed one, can do something like that. Yeah. And she says, I'm, I'm coming straightway to you because I recognize that my problem mm, is not larger than you are. Yeah. She teaches us, the first lesson she teaches is, bring your problem, bring your problem. my God to Jesus. Here's the second thing we see, second lesson this this woman teaches us, this mother teaches us, she teaches us don't ever give up. It's right here in the text. Don't give up. This woman teaches us that no matter the difficulty we face giving up is not an option. She said I can't give up because my child's life is at stake. She says, I can't give up because no matter my because my child is in distress. And if she's in distress, I'm in oh my God. She internalizes it and she says, my child can't do nothing about it, but I'm the mother. That's it, man. Uh, And because uh, I've got the care and concern about my child. Mm, Not only am I gonna bring the problem to Jesus, but I ain't gonna give up until I get an answer. oh my goodness because of who she loves she brings what she loves to the one who loves us all she fights through her feelings of unworthiness she fights through her feelings of being unwelcome she fights through rejection and refusal she fights through disappointment and disapproval she has a problem and she goes to Jesus with a problem because she is convinced that he can fix it can't you hear again Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. I can imagine in my sanctified imagination this woman saying over and over again, have mercy on me. It's me. It's me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Over and over again, this woman cries out to the Lord for help. She was persistent because she had a problem. She she knew that there was some folk who couldn't fix it, who couldn't help her. And so she does not go to them for aid and she refuses to give up she don't have the resources she don't have the tools she doesn't have the weapons except for the weapon of persistence oh my goodness y'all missed that you're not listening yet she she kept crying out and she kept asking have mercy on me oh Lord son of David you know I've discovered did you see it in the text verse 23 says that the first time she cried out that he didn't even reply the text says that oh he doesn't even answer oh my goodness have you ever asked God something and yeah are you still waiting on an answer have you have, have you ever come to him with a need And yet you, heaven appears (laughs) to be silent. But the text says that Jesus did not say a word, but because she had not heard from Jesus does not mean that she stopped asking. Oh, my goodness. She, she, She hadn't heard from him, but yet. She's still pleading. She has not heard from him yet. She's still, she's still knocking. She, she, She's persistent in her request because she's got a don't give up kind of spirit. Uh-huh. Mm. The text says, that's when the disciples say, look, you got to tell this woman to go away because she's bothering us with all her begging. Isn't it interesting that when you need something, it's called begging? <laughs> uh, I I didn't mean to go there but 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 she says uh, uh, the woman says I, I, Jesus did you know it was interesting that when 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 the disciple says something Jesus then replies because Jesus wants us to understand that there's nothing that we can bring to him and just because we don't have our answer right now there are some folk who don't know what they're talking about mm, 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 don't give up. I want to give you four reasons real quickly why we shouldn't give up. Are you ready? Number one, don't give up because it helps us to focus on God. I said it helps us to focus on God. (laughs) I'm going to preach it anyhow. I said it helps us to focus on God. My brothers and sisters, is that not what worship is? Worship is when we take the focus off ourselves. and we place it on God. Worship reminds us of where our blessings come from. Worship reminds us of who he really is. Worship reminds us of who really is in charge. The songwriter did say he's got the whole world. My God. It, that discipline simply means he's in charge. And worship reminds us of, of the one who is our source. Worship reminds us. That God does not suffer from amnesia. God does not forget his promises. Worship allows us to focus on what God can and on what God will do. That's why we ought to learn how to worship. I'm glad my mother taught me how to worship. I'm glad she took me to church. I'm glad that she taught me how to lift my hands. I'm glad she taught me how to get on my knees and pray. I said I'm glad that she taught me how to worship. Worship teaches us that we ought to look to God. Because when we worship, we take our eyes off of our circumstances, off of our deficiencies, off of our disappointments, off of our distractions, and we place them on God. Here's the second thing. Uh, uh, Number two is it helps us to filter our request. Mm -hmm. Are y'all listening to me? I said it helps us to filter our request. Every day, my brothers and sisters, when I wake up, I drink a cup of coffee. I'm talking every day. And and I'm particular about my coffee. I don't know about you, but I don't just drink anything. I I mean, I'm particular about my coffee. I I prefer that coffee that comes from the prestigious Blue Hills of Jamaica. I love that cup of Jaffa. I ain't going to lie to you. And every day when I wake up, I I, I make coffee. I had a cup this morning. And uh, what I do is I put a filter in the pot. And uh, when I place the filter in the pot, I put it there because I don't want coffee grounds in my coffee. Oh, y'all not hearing me. I said, I I, I just want the coffee. I I just want the nectar that comes as the water drips over the beach. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And my brothers and sisters, worship serves as a filter. When you and I come before God, it separates our whims from his desires. When 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 we come to him and worship, it clarifies for us what we really need. Worship screens me. Yeah. Worship purifies me. Worship prepares me for what I've requested. Yeah, yeah. Are y'all listening to me? Oh, uh, number 2. Not only does it filter our requests, I got to move on, but number 3, it prepares us for the answer. I, I said it prepares us for the answer yes, You've heard people say That prayer changes things yes, I'm a witness, prayer does change things But there is something else That also changes things yes, Worship changes things yes, it does. You see, prayer changes us <laughs> But worship changes our situations yes, I wish I had a witness in here You see, God wants to make some changes in us And worship is the venue that he uses I know you're tired. I, I know you're discouraged. I, but, but here the text is tailored to teach us. This woman comes up out of Gentile territory. She comes in as an outsider to tell us don't give up. She re- comes in to remind us that I know you're right on the edge of quitting. I know that you feel like you've been beaten down. I know that you feel utterly overwhelmed. But she says, my words to you this morning, I'm a mother talking to children. I'm a mother talking to other mothers. She's saying, don't ever give up. Can I get a witness here? In fact, help me uh, to encourage your neighbor this morning. Look at your neighbor and tell him these four powerful words. Don't ever give up. Oh, you need to hear one more time. Don't ever give up. I know it's hard, but don't ever give up. I know you feel like quitting, but don't ever give up. Don't just stop. Keep going. Hang on in there. Be steadfast. Why? Because help is on the way. It's in the text. Help is on the way. The book says that this woman came to him and she worshiped him. And pleading again, she she said, Lord, help me. She said, Lord, help me. Anybody ever needed his help? Come on, don't fool me now. I said, anybody ever needed his help? But isn't it good to know that when you need his help, he is always available. He filters sometimes our requests. He filters our worship because he needs to make sure that it's for real. I said he wants to make sure that it's for real. Look at what happens in the text. The text says that he and the woman gets into a dialogue. Verse 26, he says, uh, Jesus said, "Wait a minute now, it, it is right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs." Right, right. Now you got, see, so, so y'all get messed up by this because you know he said dog, but in, in in the Greek, the word simply means puppy. I know you say, "Well, that ain't no better either," but wait a minute now, you do know that puppies are different. Puppies get a different level of 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 respect and appreciation than real than big dogs do. <laughs> And she says here, she says, wait a minute. She's, he says to her, she says, she says, she says, Lord, that's true. I hear what you're saying. I understand the point that you're making. She said, but even puppies are allowed yes, eat. to eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. In, in other words, in other words she, she had an understanding about God to know that he did not just simply harm for the Jewish nation. That he is the God of all people. Yeah. That all of those who recognize, here it is, who he is, can feed at the table. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that good news to know that you can sit at the table? Isn't it good know good to know that you got access? Isn't it good to know that 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 whenever you call him, he will answer. Yeah. Ah, can I get a witness here? Notice what he said. I love verse 28, and I'm about to I'm taking you home, but you got to learn. It says how to worship him in your pain. Come on, she continues on because she encounters this, what appears to be a painful discussion with the master. Mm. But it, it was not a painful discussion. The pain was still while she was in dialogue with deity, mm. her daughter was still dealing with a demon. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to preach this thing all by myself. And she has still worshiped him in pain. She hadn't gotten an answer yet. She's still having to wait. Have you ever had to wait and still deal with your issue? The question is, can you still worship in your pain? I know your heart is hurting, but can you still worship in your agony? Can you still give him the praise because in spite of what, the, I hear the word of God saying that, uh, here it is, here it is, here it is. I will bless the Lord yes. uh, at all times. The book says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, no matter what I'm going through, God is still worthy to be praised. Oh, don't push me yet. I'm almost there. But he tells us that, that the, we ought to be able to worship him in our pain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, I've discovered, my brothers and sisters, there is some stuff in life uh, that just go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said there's some stuff in life mm-hmm, that just go together. Right. There's some stuff that go together. Yeah. Elder, there's some stuff in life that just go together. Yeah. In yes, other words, yeah. bacon and eggs, uh-huh. they, just, yeah. they go together. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, that that they they go together. Yeah. Soap and water. <laughs> yes, Lord. Y'all ain't gonna say amen. amen. They go together. Uh, uh, spring and summer. Uh-huh. They they go together. Yeah. But here's another thing that goes together, and what goes together is that whenever you come to the Master, faith and worship go together. Right. I said faith and worship how do I know? The woman came to him in worship. She had to wait on an answer, but look at what Jesus says in verse 28. She said, he said dear woman, that's what he says. Dear woman term of endearment dear woman that's what he said to her. He said here it is, your faith is great your faith is great not only is your faith great but because your faith is great and you came to me in worship, your request is granted. Oh, y'all missed that. Y'all missed that. I'm I'm about to shout this thing all by myself. He said, because you came to me in worship, and your worship was filled with faith, then your request is granted. And what was her request? request was that her daughter would be healed, that the Bible declares that instantly. Oh, y'all missed that. The moment that worship and faith came together, instantly. The, the moment that worship and faith collided, instantly. Oh, y'all not feeling that. The moment that worship and faith are crescendo into the heavens, the Bible says that your answer yes, sir. is on the way. You can receive your answer. Isn't that good news to know? Yes, Lord. That no matter what you're going through, God is not trying to hinder you. He's trying to help you. That your help is on the way. But those are the lessons this woman teaches us. That we ought to worship him even in pain. Even in pain. In pain. There's someone right now who's worshiping. Who ought to be able to worship him in pain. Your heart is filled with pain because of some situation that you are encountering or that you are in right now. But the Bible declares, can you worship him? in your pain? Is he still worthy? Is he only worthy in pleasure? Mm. Mama. Or can you still worship him in your pain? When your heart is hurting? When your heart is heavy? When when life is hitting you with everything that it's got? Can you still worship him? You know what? I learned some invaluable life lessons from my mother. The greatest one was, was to seek him at all times. And My brothers and sisters, that's really what this text is designed to teach us today. That no matter what we encounter, no matter what we face, we ought to still be able to seek him. Seek him with your whole heart. You ought to seek him because he has the power, the position, mm-hmm. and the provisions to meet your need. Yeah. 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 Bible says we have not because we ask not. So whatever your situation is, let's take a lesson from this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we do that? Number one, bring your problems to Jesus. Yeah. He can fix it. Yes, number two, don't ever give up. God uh, feels a certain kind of way about people who are persistent. Then number three, worship him in your pain. Mm-hmm. Come on, let's pray. Father one more time, we thank you for your word. What a helpful word it is, what a comforting word it is. what a sure word it is that no matter what we are dealing with in life, that we can learn some valuable lessons from even from the one who is considered the cradle of all mankind. We thank you for mothers and what they have instilled in us what they have taught us thank you for their love and concern and care for us we thank you for moms now Lord we thank you most of all for your son Jesus who came who lived among us who bled and who died who was buried and who rose again so that we can have life and have it more abundantly. Thank you for his supreme sacrifice that he has made just for us. We thank you on this day. Father, there might be somebody here who needs to make a decision for Jesus. They've got some problems that's bigger than they can handle. Lord, I pray that you would help them to know that they can bring that to you. You said in your word to cast all of our cares, all of our concerns on you because you care for us. And I pray that you would help them to do that. Lord, perhaps there's somebody here who's got the bigger problem of sin. Lord, help them know that you've already paid the price for that. And God, I pray that you would help them to. Bring it back. Bring it to you. Return it. Get rid of it by bringing it to you, God. Because you've already paid for it. And Father, I pray that in exchange of them bringing you their sins, that you would give them your salvation. We thank you that it is available. Now, Lord, as we Prepare to leave this place. Thank you once again for all that you've done for us. Thank you for every hill. Thank you for every mountain. Thank you for every valley. Thank you for every storm, and we thank you for all of the sunshine. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for bringing us through another week and starting us in another. We give you praise. Watch over us. And keep us, God, till we meet again. In Jesus' name.